I don't know many SaaS that don't go for venture just because of the, the uh, speed that you need to grow at and and kind of the delayed uh, income and you know recurring revenues. And so when we did agency work with Disney, that that company was all bootstrapped, and uh, you know our, our customers were essentially our seed fund. We'd sell ourselves into profitability. Uh, this one I I didn't have the luxury. I wish I could. It's the best yeah. way to do it. You are listening to conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster, minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Scott Paul. After selling an agency to Disney, he ruined influencer marketing. Thank God. He's now on a mission to change how we how commerce is done. Word of mouth marketing will finally be measured. He's doing it with his company called Wooly.com. All right, Scott, you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. All right. So what's the company doing? Is this a pure play SaaS model? It started as a pure play SaaS, but then we realized uh, to really accomplish what you just said there, to really start this new type of commerce we had to create a consumer application and so uh 2020 we'll see the the that come into life we'll see something where every consumer will be able to participate and in in word of mouth marketing in a way that's never been done before instead of it being analog we're going to make it digital okay who's who's paying so give me a sense though like tell me the story of a paying customer right so are brands using you to find these kinds of micro influencers Today, yes. Today, of uh, a brand um, like Stance Socks or Skull Candy Headphones or this Purple Mattress, this Mattress in a Box company, they use us right now to discover who's buying from them, like who are these individuals like on social media, and then they actually recruit from their customer list people to represent the brand, to go out there and talk um both online, offline, about their love of the brand. So it's essentially recruiting your customers to be your uh, influencers, um, advocates, if you will. Yeah, much smarter than reaching out to cold influencers, trying to get them, you know, to convince them to get familiar with your product, and then trying to have them do it. Right. So tell me, tell me, Scott, when these folks are paying you, like Skull, when, yeah, when these folks like Skull Candy are paying you, right? So help walk me through your pricing model a bit. What's your kind of sweet spot? Well, what interesting is that the brand pays to use our software but the customers of skull candy they're not paid they're not paid they're going to be um they're just going to be brought into the brand family and given you know product or credit to buy scott so yeah sorry i'm talking our, about the bu- rep- i'm talking about the business yeah the business is i mean we're, we're talking about the monthly SaaS. so you're gonna you're gonna come in for 
uh, we have a freemium model, but most of the customers are using us for uh, millions of contacts. And so we have, uh, we're charging for kind of your contact database, much like a MailChimp or a Clavio. And then uh, a little bit on how many campaigns you're going to run inside. So we have a lot of activation tools and that there's a cost on like how, how much you hit us there. And uh, lastly, listening, all the, you plug your brand in and we're listening to everybody chattering about you on on all the networks. And so that's the last um, frontier of where we collect data. And then for someone, again, paying for those things in terms of your average kind of customer, uh, what are they? I mean, you're talking like $1,000 a year, or $100,000 a year, or a million a year. What's your kind of sweet spot? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We have our smallest customers spending about 6,000 a year and then the largest about 200,000 a year. Okay. That's a big range though. I mean, sweet spot somewhere closer it, it to the is. six. It is a uh, sweet spot would be about 60,000. 60, okay, good. And, and so let's describe that customer. So someone paying you $60,000 per year, how many campaigns are they running and how many ca- uh, contacts are they managing? Let's talk maybe like one like blend tech. Um, they make really actually helping them out from our team kind of a little more managed service, and they're going to run probably uh, their go-to-market strategy in a year. They're probably going to run seven or eight campaigns, some of those seasonal and then an always-on campaign, something they're doing, uh, you know, evergreen throughout the year. Yeah, your little one is welcome to jump in, by the way. This is the beauty of being an entrepreneur, right? Oh, my right? gosh. My, my, my wife was supposed to uh, take her to no. preschool. I don't know where she's at. <laughs> you're, totally, you're totally good if she wants to jump in. It's no that's problem. Life. That's life. Oh, that is life. Yeah. That is life. Okay, so uh, great. So that's your sweet spot. And then put this on a timeline for me. When did you launch the company? We, I launched it right after I left Disney in, in uh, 2016. And then uh, we took some funding from venture capital about 2017. And then right now uh, we're about to do a Series A and we have a pretty – uh, pretty lofty mission going forward here with uh, kind of changing from SaaS to consumer. Why um, Why did you need to raise capital for this? Obviously, capital comes with dilution. Why couldn't you kind of get creative and bootstrap it? I've done that three other companies and sold them. It's definitely a way to go. It uh, You retain most of the ownership and you get to uh, get the upside. But I think on this one, being that we have uh, hired about 15 engineers, I, I didn't know how to. I didn't know how to pay for those fifteen engineers without raising some money first. So it's a SaaS is unique. I think uh, it takes it takes hyper growth, and it's kind of it's. It, I don't know many SaaS that don't go for venture just because of the the uh, speed that you need to grow at and and kind of the delayed uh, income and you know recurring revenues. And so when we did agency work with Disney, that that company was all bootstrapped, and uh, you know our, our customers were essentially our seed fund. We'd sell ourselves into profitability. Uh, this one, I, I didn't have the luxury. I wish I could. It's the best yeah. way to do it. Well, sorry, I guess what I'm asking is you had successful exits. Why not just fund yourself? Uh, or did you, or were those exits nice exits, but not like, you know, you they, know. they were nice. And I, and I did fund myself for about a year. Um, but I just uh, de-risk it by you, you almost in any every case you want to uh, investors can be very good partners for you They're um, If it's smart money, they can bring you into uh, certain deals and it just kind of de-risks. You kind of want to know that other people believe in what you're doing and validate your idea. So we didn't put, give a ton of equity away for the millions we raised, but it's the way for me, it's the way to uh, somewhat de-risk and see if other people believe in what you're doing. Um, I, you, you look at most, uh, most very successful exits. Uh, they'll still go and raise from the biggest uh, venture f- companies on their next one. R- rarely do they self fund. 
uh, from from the observations I've had. Yeah, well, by the way, the ones that raise are the only ones that get pressed, right? The ones that bootstrap rarely get pressed. But I could just, yes, from doing true. like three, we just passed about 3,000 of these interviews, I can tell you, I am sh- constantly shocked by these companies you've never heard of that have bootstrapped to like 60 million in ARR, but they're never in the press because no one wants to write about a bootstrap $60 million ARR company. They want to write about the billion dollar funding round. Yep. No, there's yeah. several of my friends are doing that, that much more than that bootstrap completely. And yeah, they just lay low and print cash. That's and great. Uh, That's great. I would do that all. I do that all day long if I, if I uh, could do it, but this was one so where how much have one, you, how much have you raised to date? You know, two years ago, we only raised a million. Said a lot. Okay. So you have a million. We're very capital efficient. You have we a million have total 25. in the company. Um, yeah, but we've, you know, we, we make well over 2 million a year. So it's, it's, we could go cash, we could be cash flow positive, but just, uh, what we want to do next is going to require some new team members on the mobile side. And so it's not, it's just not gonna, we, we gotta, we gotta take a little more so that we don't burn out. Yep. So uh, how, how much know, do you hope to raise then in the series A? What's your target? Series A would probably be eight okay. million. Okay. And do you, I mean, you know, most people would say in a series A, you hope to sell maybe less than 15, 20% of the company. You feel like you'd be able to kind of get yeah. in that range. Um, yes, absolutely. I don't think we'll do it if it's, if it's more than uh, 15 or, you know, it's gotta be in between 15, 18 if, if, uh, for that amount of money. So yep. yeah, that's actually why we've delayed raising is it, we, we needed to do a few things to get to the point where we can, actually uh, justify that valuation yeah i mean because you're talking about a valuation there right if you're going to raise eight million at 20 percent, right times five you're talking about like a 40-ish million kind of valuation on two million run rate right now right correct yeah yeah what do you think you have to grow yeah. revenue to develop to get that kind of valuation um i think we have to i think we have to have our consumer product we're going to have a performance-based uh trans you know we're going to get transactional uh fees from this new product we're launching and i think it will more than triple our our revenue it won't be SaaS revenues it's going to be kind of like uh, transaction fees on product that that we're helping brands move via their customers and so it's it's, it's a little bit different how that that revenues uh, are are valued but uh by by this time next year, I think it'll be a very different story, and that's when we plan to be mid raise. Yep. Do you already have control over the payment, where it's as simple as you going after those 200, 300 basis points per dollar through the system, or do you have to first get control of the payments? We currently do not have uh, control over payments. It's going to be we're going to have integration with Shopify and all the shopping carts out there. Um, and it's not going to be payments as much as it's going to be discounts. And then, uh, so it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to kind of play like an affiliate a little bit more, but not, we're not paying out commissions. We're giving out discounts. Okay. Um, if you recommend products to your friends. Okay. And so I guess walk me through that model. So maybe let's use, let's stick to skull candy or purple mattress since I'm familiar with both. So skull candy, uh, a year from now, um, what's the transaction model look like for a company like them? And let's say I'm an influencer. Let's say you're not an influencer. Let's, that's what we're going after. Let's say you're every, everybody else in the world and, uh, and you, you are at a, a family reunion or drinks with your friends. You're going to recommend products and you love your new school candy wireless headphones. Uh, we believe that you should be able to track that, that transaction, that, that skull candy shouldn't be paying you know, Amazon and Google and retargeting on Facebook for customer acquisition. That lets your customer actually uh, be able to kind of be the point of sale and the sales rep in the field or purple 
every customer of Purple should be the, sh- the showroom, should be the customer. And so that customer will be able to buy. If you recommend to your friend or family a Purple mattress, they will be able to buy from you cheaper than they can get it on Amazon or purple.com because a brand wants to, they want that taxonomy of like, where is the, they want to see where the word of mouth marketing is happening. Tesla did this perfectly with their app. They had the best referral program ever where you wouldn't go buy a Tesla without uh, using a recommendation, uh, a referral code, because it would give you free supercharging for life. And uh, they did actually expand that a little while ago. I think it was too good of a plan, but that's, that's what we're doing is we're actually laying like the digital rails across a now analog system to have brands understand who their customers are, who are making the most referrals, talking about the products the most and giving them an incentive to share it, which is they're able to hook a friend up. We don't think commissions paid to refers is the right idea. We think that breaks the bonds of trust and would ruin uh, word of mouth marketing, which is the last trusting like way that we learn about products. Everything else is ads and we don't want to do that. Sorry. Yeah, I don't, I don't mean I'm going to cut you off, but we have a short period of time. So I want to dive into this, right? So let's say I'm at Thanksgiving. I love skull candy. My mom wants to buy a pair. Uh, they retail in skullcandy.com for a hundred dollars. If she buys it through my whatever link, I want to understand Profile. how you're tracking attribution. Yeah. Okay. But so what is that? Am I giving her a link at the Thanksgiving counter? In six months, you give her a link. In one year, it's your profile. That's just going to be uh, checking out via you. Okay, you're, how, you're so, she, so, so we just finished eating all the turkey. She goes back to her computer in her office downstairs. She opens up her computer. How does she go find my profile on SkullCandy.com to make sure she attributes that sale to me and gets the discount? She would, she would actually be on the Wooly app and find you. So she'd be on her phone. Okay, so she would have to download an app just to get this one deal. Um... Yep. Okay. So, I mean, that, I mean, you, lots, I'm obviously lot, asking. There'd be lots of apps there and she doesn't have to download the app. That's the, that's the, you can do it without downloading the app. It can, the link can take you right to school candy. The benefit of going to the app is she would see everything that you own and be able to get everything that you own, uh, that you've kind of connected with at, at a discount cheaper than Amazon or on the site. Okay. So let's assume she does that. She goes through the friction of getting the site. She finds my profile. It's under me. Now she gets it for $20 off cheaper than anywhere. She could get anywhere else online. Amazon skull candy. She gets it for 80 bucks. It retails for a hundred. How do you, how do you guys make money off that? Uh, just a trans the fee the brand pays to participate in that. So they're, they're going to share some of the acquisition costs with us, a performance based thing. We're, we're, that's what we're working out with. All, all right now is, to pay to uh, be able to acquire users in that manner. So uh, let's just say that's right now not perfect science because that's what we're working on. But, but what do you think it'll be like? You think it'll be like 10% of the $80 sale will go to you as the facilitator? I, I, I think I think potentially 5 to 10%, um, maybe 3 at the worst case scenario. And some products won't have anything. We won't be integrated with them. But we have a reason that you will actually have the app on your phone um, and there's other benefits that I'm not going to disclose here that, I mean, this is our secret sauce. So there, there's a lot of things that would keep you wanting to have this woolly wallet, this phone app on your, on your, it, there's a lot of reasons you have it for how you communicate with the brand. A lot of things that you're going to, that's kind of our, we needed our, our IP for the next year that we're not going to share everything, but, uh, yeah, it's not going to be perfect. I mean, it's a two-sided marketplace. Nothing's going to – the chances of success are 10%. I've done this long, long, long enough to know, but if we hit 10%, Have you done a, a marketplace a where there's consumers the on one side and B2B on the other, though? I have done an app that had several million uh, uh, users, and I have invested in four marketplace companies that are um, – all doing very, very well right now. So it's, it's a, I'm very familiar with the founders and uh, 
And as an angel investor, I'm very deep into uh, marketplace companies at, the, at this moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and are those marketplace companies, though, are they B2C on, are they to consumers on one side and B2B on the other side? Or is it C to consumers, not, consumers on both they're, sides? They're, they're consumer to consumers. One's home buying, one's uh, gym memberships, one's uh, babysitting, another okay. one is... Yeah, they're very C to C. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Well, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, this is so much about psychology, right? Uh, so it'll be interesting to see you kind of execute this over the next year. So so back to today, you said you're over a $2 million run rate. So you're doing more than $160,000 a month right now in revenue, correct? Yep. And, and where were you about a year ago, just so we can get growth? A year ago, we were at like... 45. Oh, wow. Okay. Less. That's good growth. So has that come from upselling existing customers or adding new customers altogether? Um, upselling existing customers, a few mammoth contracts with <laughs> companies like Amazon. Yep. And how many customers are you working with today? Uh, about 80 on paid. And then our new freemium features are adding a ton of customers pretty quickly because it's freemium. Okay. We, we haven't had that until today, until this actually last month. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if you have 80 on paid and you're doing $160,000 a month, that average price point is more like kind of 2000 a month, not 5000 a month, right? Um, yes, but I, like I said, a few mammoth customers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I know. Averages are difficult to talk about, but I haven't found an easier way to talk about it in a short podcast format. So <laughs> totally, totally get yeah. the power of all structure in your customer base. Um, okay, very good. Um, uh, and you, you've, which is nice, you've done all this just raising a million bucks. I, obviously, it's always nice when your ARR is more than what you've raised. You go into the next round with some leverage there. Um, yep. 25 sure. people you said on the team? Yep. Uh, tw- uh, most of them, in, uh, most concentration actually in Ukraine. Our, developer, our development team is all there, led by our CTO here in Salt Lake, and then about four in LA and uh, one in Austin, and then the rest here in Salt Lake City. So, how, how many engineers? 15? Um, about 15, exactly. Yeah, no, about 12, sorry. 12, 12 13, okay. yeah. And do you employ kind of an inside sales team? Are there any quota carrying reps or no? We've had a few. Um, we've moved from a sales strategy to more brand strategist. The sales, the, sales, the, the sales were just a little too hard on sales, and we needed more strategy and uh, helping the brands you know, kind of use the tool in a strategic way. So we've kind of, we've kind of moved the max we've ever had is two salespeople. We're at one right now and we're kind of renaming that entire division of two. Okay. And now how do you measure, obviously you're, you're changing the business model, especially over the next 12 months. But when you look at churn, right, revenue churn in your base, how, how do you measure that? And what was it over the past 12 months? Luckily we've only had one uh, customer churn, uh, that was a, you know, I would say a significant customer and they just, it was sold incorrectly and it was uh, not a fit for what they were wanting this performance marketing and it just wasn't working. Um, so we're, we're, we're not really worried about churn as much right now because we're having so much new product come out that we're able to expand most of our contracts. And then, uh, and once, once someone gets into our CRM, it's pretty sticky. It's hard to it's hard to delete a CRM. It's what we are at the at the at the base of it. We have a social CRM. You don't really want to go delete all these contacts and these people that you've been communicating with, um, who are your ambassador and best customers, and then go back to spreadsheets. So we don't see a lot of churn, but we do see a just into what they're and try to 
sell them maybe more more effective campaign products or something like that. So uh, we're, we're luckily we don't have real churn, but we do have uh, we have more issue on new customer acquisition at this moment than we do churn. Yeah, just yeah. finding the right customers. Yeah. Well, Scott, so I appreciate the the nuance around churn, but you know, someone was paying you money, they stopped paying you money, even if it was a bad sale or a bad fit, etc. So that one customer, I mean, are we talking like ten percent revenue churn over the past twelve months, or was it less than that? Um, that customer was about a nine, $9,000 a month customer. So it was okay. probably what, whatever you want to put that at. Yeah. Yeah. Like six, 7%, whatever. But, but again, yeah. to your point, a lot of it has to do with how the sale, what the onboarding looks like, what's the upsell look like. So have you upsold that same customer cohort from a year ago by more than 7%? So it more than makes up for the churn. Oh yeah. We have one customer who's doubled. We have several customers actually doubled their, their, uh, it, so we sell some, some pretty big brands who have many logos under on their conglomerates and say so on board a lot more of their brands um, internationally even. So we have some customers who've expanded from being a $70,000 customer to over $200,000 customer as they bring on their other logos into the, you know, and manage it from France to Germany. I mean, it's our, 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 our stuff is our, we have seats and people using it in every uh, country right now in Europe and, and North America. And, uh, and, and there's definitely some very significant logos there that I don't want to like, I don't think I have the yeah, right that's to fine, Scott. tell here. In how are you, how are you landing, how aggressive are you being landing these accounts? So let's say that there's an account that's going to be worth $20,000 in year one to you guys. Will you spend that full 20,000 to acquire the customer? We're horrible at that. Uh, we, <laughs> I, I use, I, I use LinkedIn and we have done zero marketing. We just hired a CMO last, uh, so no paid uh, Facebook ads, quarter. no content writers, Nothing. no blog, no SEO. How do people learn about you? LinkedIn. You're literally just a B kind of account based marketing on, on LinkedIn, targeting, targeting job titles. What's the title? Yeah, that's all. And then uh, my net and then my network. What, what's my, what's the title of what Sorry. that you target? Oh, um, I think, I think we've gone after a lot of influencer marketing directors, social media directors, CMOs. A lot of it's just my network from when I was in LA at this, at Disney. Um, I, I, I just get introduced to a lot of brands who are trying to solve this problem uh, from, you know, from clients that we used to have Disney and stuff. So it's it's very much a account based selling, uh, social selling. And uh, I can tell you that's limited. It's great. It's, it got us to where we're at, but it's very limited in, in our real reach and scope. And so that's why we've hired uh, our CMO uh, from he was he was at GoPro and Zoomies and Skullcandy and all those places. And he really he really gets uh, how to how to kind of go after the bigger brands and like you said spend the spend the ten thousand dollars to acquire the customer and so we're we're going to try that this time. Yeah, well, we'll see how it goes. Now, obviously, you'll you'll use some of this money you raised to go after that more. Are you back in a position right now though where you're profitable after that million dollar raise, or are you still burning cash? No, we're still burning cash, and we um, and we. We, we, we definitely are not profitable. We could be, but we're, we're, we're shooting for the stars on this next, uh, next approach on what we're doing with, we're calling it C-commerce and it's a new category we believe. And it's something that can't just be, uh, you know, you can't slowly go into it with, uh, uh, you know, iteration by iteration. We have to really go after it, swing hard. And, you know, like I said, 10% chance it doesn't work. And yeah. my investors are okay with that. They well, so what, what, is, what does aggressive mean? Are you talking like $100,000 a month in burn or like $10,000 a month in burn or what? I think it's less about what the burn is and more about like 
making making something that doesn't exist and 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 kind of doing that in a Scott, vacuum, you're such an artist don't normally do. I, to- I totally get the vi- i get the vision like i get it's going to cost money to grow <laughs> but i'm just I, I i like i like to look at the numbers because it inf- like based off your personality plus the numbers that you can learn a lot from it so i'm just curious i mean are you comfortable burning 10 20 30 grand a month um i mean yeah that's that's in addition to where we're at we're probably burning so we're probably burning yeah like well over 100 right now i would mm-hmm. i would i want to double that Yep, yep, yep. Which you can if you go. Over but, I'm not, but I'm not going to double that till the till the Series A. I think uh, we're what we're doing over the next six months is very much a a kind of go deep on this thing, and uh, we're not looking to expand the team or the sales tremendously. We 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 really want to just uh, go deep on product for six months, and then you're gonna then we're gonna unleash this. Yep. Well, good. On that note, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Oh, I do like, uh, I'm leaving, I'm reading platform revolution right now. I'm always whatever's top of mind. So right now it's, it's play bigger and platform platform revolution. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, CEO I'm following studying. I, I'm very much a, a local networker. So I have a group of, uh, I have a group of CEOs here in, in Utah. Just um, name, name that, one Scott that we might not all know about. Uh, I like Johnny Hanna from Homey. He's doing a marketplace where he's helping you cut out your, you don't pay realtors any money. And he's one of the nicest guys I know. So I look up to him as, as he, ha- he has a lot of people lobbying against him and want him to fail every realtor in the world. And he seems to just keep a good on his shoulders and one of the nicest guys around. So good friend and someone I look up to. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the company? Uh, LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah. Number four, how many hours of sleep you get every night? Uh, six. Okay. And then uh, it sounds like married with kiddos, right? How many kids? Three girls, 13, 11, and four. Wow. You, you have four startups. You got a handful. All right. And how, how old are you? 38. Oh, 39 of last week. Yeah. Hey, congrats. My birthday was October 3rd. When was yours? Actually, end of September. What are we at now? Okay. I think it's like October 10th or 11th. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let, take us home here, Scott. Last question. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? I wish I, I wish I knew that you don't have to have something perfect before you execute. I think I spent my twenties thinking I couldn't do something because I didn't have all the ducks aligned and I wasn't taking chances. And so I should have, I had ideas and things I should have done when I was 21 that would have been massively successful. And I, I hesitated and didn't, and didn't execute. And I just didn't realize that you don't, you don't need to have perfect plan execute. So guys, go tell that person that. Wooly.com, 80 customers paying call it two grand a month. They're doing about $2 million in run rate right now, up from $45,000 a month just a year ago. Healthy growth, helping these brands activate their customers, turn their customers into more effective salespeople through Recommendation Engine. Uh, they've got an app coming out, which will give people discounts as well. Look for that in uh, in 2020. Currently burning about $100,000 per month as they drive growth. A million dollars raised, hoping to do a Series A here shortly. Call it maybe $8 million on a 30 or 40 pre-money as they look to scale from their team size today of about 25 folks. Scott, thanks for taking us to the top. Wow. Thank you.